Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. gentlemen i am your host blake Rafino. this is are you serious sports we hope that you guys are making it a good one we know that we are as well huge show in store for you tonight a lot of topics that we have to get into is jimbo fisher the lead man and lead candidate for lsu bruce feldman is reporting something that we talked about two weeks ago on this show that jimbo fisher is allegedly in this race for lsu as their next head coach, we'll tell you what's the truth, and we'll tell you what is the lies. A lot of people telling the truths, a lot of people telling lies. Brighter days to come if when LSU announces their next head uh, football coach. We will talk some LSU-Alabama preview. I'm sure we'll get to some of it, but a lot of people just don't want to talk about it. But we will. We will talk about on the field. I'll ask you for your score predictions uh, in a little bit. Uh, John Hendricks from Sports Illustrated, who covers the Saints, will be joining us at 7.20 p.m. Might talk a little LSU with him as well. It's going to be really fun. Looking forward to having John on the show. Uh, a really big man in his faith, so I'm looking forward to to having him on. Will Wade talks to the NCAA. We will touch on that, and I'll try to give you some ass pick, uh, some picks uh, to give to you for this Sunday. And it's like we do every Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, I ask you, hashtag AskBlake. So if you have a question, put inside the chat, hashtag AskBlake, and we will get into it. Uh, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Huge, huge show in store for you tonight. All right, let's get to a couple comments before we get to the show. Uh, Ray Watt 79 on YouTube says, live. And Tommy Howard says, LFG. Ryan Gidry says, let's go. We are live. Chris Barnhill says, let's go. Um, Brian Williams says, ah We are live. That we are. Jess Newbill says, what's up, Blake? What's up, Jess? How are we doing tonight? Kenny says, he's watching. Danny says, let's go, Blake. We are live. That we are. And Pooh Bear says, let's get it. So that we will. So let's do this. We have so much we have to get into tonight. Let's pay some bills very quickly. And then we'll get into it because we have a jam-packed Thursday night show. None better than our good friends over at GM Varndo and Sons and BetOnline.ag. My wife, Megan, went to GM Varndo and Sons today. So awesome and such great care and first-class professionalism from GM Varndo and Sons. She got four brand-new tires, uh, and I really appreciate Jerry and Trey and the entire gang from GM Varndo and Sons for taking care of my wife. It's where I go for all of my automotive care. You should, too. So, none better than our good friends over at GM Varno and Sons. BetOnline.ag. Guys, with 64 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Varno and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motorhome chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. Give them a call today at 225-664-9992. 
That's 225-664-9992. Or go see them over at 2500 Florida Boulevard in Denham Springs, Louisiana. And our good friends over at betonline.ag. It's legal to bet in the state of Louisiana. It has been since Monday. You want to make more money? You want to watch AYS? We give you some bets, and then you go make money? You need to go over to Bet Online. Sign up. Use the 50% welcome bonus, and when you do that, use the AYS podcast tab. And if you're in the state of Louisiana, they will know your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. That's betonline.ag. Betonline.ag. All right, let's get this thing rolling. Let's get this thing rolling, y'all. Um, I forgot to say this in the in the opening. It's just because we got so much we have to get to tonight. Everybody do me a favor. There is 101 of you on Facebook. All 101 of you do me a favor by hitting the like and hitting the share. If you're on YouTube, let's see how many of you are on uh, YouTube. I think 50, 55, something like that. Uh, 45, 50. Uh, do us a favor, and everybody that's going to be trickling in, hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe and hit that notification bell. And if you are on Twitter, do us a favor by hitting the retweet and follow us uh, Follow us on Twitter as well at AYS Sports. And if you're listening to us on the AYS or the podcast uh, platforms, don't forget to subscribe there as well. Uh, Blaine Smith says right off the top, so it's Fisher, then Tucker is the top two candidates right now. Riley must have been a smokescreen. Well, I'm going to tell you this, and I think that Bruce Feldman does a fantastic job. I think that Bruce Feldman has been a very good reporter and is a very good reporter. But I will tell you that the connection that Bruce Feldman had a lot with LSU was Ed Orgeron and Derek Panamski. They are out of the door. Uh, two weeks ago on the show, a lot of people gave me pushback about Jimbo Fisher. This is not my news. This is not something that I'm advocating for. It's just something that we're hearing. We talked about it last night. Being Jimbo, it could be Jimbo Fisher, and he was in this race. Now, in the early onslaught, onslaught of LSU firing at Orgeron, a lot of local media came out and said, and I'm quoting, a, a lot of them then, I'm quoting, Jimbo Fisher will not be in the hunt or the race for LSU's coaching search. I, guys, the, considering the fact that Scott Woodward and Jimbo Fisher have such a long past, and he hired the man at Texas A&M and put in his contract to not have a buyout, what in the hell do you do you really believe that he's not in this race? I am not saying one iota that Jimbo Fisher is the lead candidate for LSU. I still think that there's three or two or three other guys, that four other guys that are in this mix. I think that Mel Tucker is in this list. I think that Lincoln Riley, if they want to start looking at him, he is on that list. Mario Cristobal on the list, and maybe somebody else that we're not talking about. Those are the individuals that we're hearing right now is on that list. Now, is Scott Wilbur going to be able to pull one of those guys in here? I don't know that. I think that he will. He will get. I believe that he will get the guy that he wants, but if you believe for one iota and one second that Jimbo Fisher is not on that list, you are fooling yourself. So to local media who said that Jimbo Fisher doesn't have a shot and to the individuals who are saying right now that it's Jimbo Fisher's job to lose, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I think it's way too early in the process for that I say too early in the process. I don't think that that news would have leaked right now. I think Bruce Feldman is hearing some things, and he's putting out that it's Jimbo Fisher, and he's taking a shot in the dark. And I know that he's got some sourcing, but I'm telling you that Jimbo Fisher is not the number one guy right now. Now, tomorrow, tomorrow that might change. Tomorrow that could change. In coaching searches, what we all need to know and understand is that everything changes on a, on a stop of a dime. Everything can change in a, in a blink. Everything can change in an instant that we don't know yet. I will tell you, again, like I've told you for the past two and a half weeks, Jimbo Fisher is on that list. You can like it. You can love it. You can hate it. But it is what it is. It is what it is. So I think Scott Woodward is a very, is a very calculated individual. I think that he's done things like sending out smoke screens, with Pat Casey, the baseball head coach, or for the head, LSU head baseball coaching search, and wanted to get the, the, 
LSU fans gauge on it, and he wants you to be focused on this over here when it's never really that guy. Now, you do have guys that they've already interviewed. Some guys, and look, in this process, because of what Scott Wilbert has done in the past, I am not going to run out here and tell you guys that I know for a 100% fact that it's been relayed from a lot of people uh, on those inter- on those people that have been interviewed because it only starts a, a, a whirlwind, and I think that's what you're seeing now because we've seen Scott Wilbert doing that. We've seen Scott Wilbert already doing that in two co- head coaching searches in the past at LSU. Huge, huge smoke screens. Now, there was no smoke screen on Kim Mulkey. The smoke screens came in the sense of, oh, she's backed out. Oh, she did this. Oh, she did that. Kim Mulkey came out in a press conference the other day and said that as soon as Scott Woodward uh, called her, she's telling her family, guys, I'm going. We can, we're going to sell everything. I'm going. I'm gone. But there was a lot of smoke, that's for sure. All right. Uh, Blake sends us some stars via Facebook. Blake Burgo. Thank you, Blake. I appreciate that. Cody says we are live and in the house that we are. That we are. Uh, so, is Bruce Feldman wrong? No. But I, I, I still think, and I see a lot of people asking about the Bruce Feldman report. No, he's not wrong, but he's, guys, two truths can be, two things can be true at the same time. Two things can be true at the same time. Jimbo Fisher can be in this race and he cannot be the guy. That's what's going on here. Uh, Jared Billiot says, I'd rather Mel Tucker. Personally, I would too. Personally, right now, and, I, you know, everybody talking about a third time of charm. LSU's entertained Jimbo Fisher twice, once in 2015. Really, they've already done it uh, three times. Two th- well, regardless, 2015, 2016, and then now, but – I mean, I, I really think that they've – it's nothing for Scott Woodward to pick up the phone and call Jimbo Fisher. Guys, it's nothing. It's like me calling one of my best friends. Mike Bazile, our financial advisor, is in here. If you think that it's not as easy for me to pick up the phone and call him like it is from Scott Woodward to Jimbo Fisher, you're outside your mind. Guys, Scott Woodward changed Jimbo's Fisher life forever when he gave that man $75 million guaranteed. If, a, if somebody – hires me and gives me $75 million guaranteed, the man could do anything, and I'm going to, especially if he calls me, I'm picking up that phone. You're outside your damn box if somebody pays you $75 million and you don't take their phone call. Get out of here with that. Get out of here with that. But I would rather Mel Tucker as well. Uh, PJNCJ says betonline.ag. Yeah, that's the tagline. That's the tagline that they wanted. Um, so we're going to do it. Uh, Pooh Bear says, Blake, I sent you a DM to help you with your bets. Okay. We'll see how that works. Nookie says, I shared it on my MySpace. Guys, I got, I I got to, I'll say something honest here. I miss, I do miss the the MySpace, you know, you, you could lo- upload a song and play it for what your mood. Mine was always Big Booty Hoes. All I want for my birthday is a big booty hoe. To my wife that's listening to this, it's a lie, it's a joke, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> All I want for my birthday is a big booty hoe. <laughs> Just messing. Uh, Ricky. On Facebook says, uh, can you comment on the Will Wade interview being interviewed in basketball in general? Um, I'm going to wait on basketball in general, guys. I mean, we're still – we're two things. We're in the heart of college football season. Uh, and for me, I mean, look, we will – we are going to talk LSU basketball. We will do that. We will do it when they have games. But if you're going to sit here and ask me during the midst of football season and for the – especially during a coaching search, an LSU head coaching – Search? No, I, I'm not going to spend most of my time. And, and Ricky, I don't mean this in a wrong way, and I know that you know this, but I, I'm not going to spend majority of this podcast on talking about basketball, the ins and outs, and things like that. We will talk about it. Got a game next Tuesday? Sure, fantastic. We'll do. Uh, on the Will Wade stuff, there there's really two big things that 
for me that I feel on Will Wade. Number one, I'm kind of tired of this shit. Like I, I, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of tired of this cloud being over LSU, and I, I'm sure that you guys feel the same. It's like shit or get off the pot. There are some concerns for me as an individual. It's not that I don't love Will Wade. I do. It's not that I don't want Will Wade to have success. I do. It's not that I don't think that Will Wade has assembled a team where I think he can make a push for the Final Four. I do. For me, though, when investigations take this long, especially when the FBI is involved, it never really goes well. Now, the Dawkins guy that was in a part of the documentary was arrested by the FBI in 2019. Um, More stuff has kind of come out in his case. So I I wonder if anything else is going to come out on Will Wade. What what I am am questioning from the NCAA is that they formed another subcommittee. If you missed it, Will Wade interviewed or, or got interviewed by the NCAA again a couple of days ago, and the NCAA poking and priding Will Wade, they the NCAA then makes another subcommittee to find out what's going on in college basketball. Guys, how many fucking uh, subcommittees do we have to have? Yes, I'm going to use that word. Excuse me. But, God, dog, how many damn subcommittees do we have to have to find out what's going on? Like, it's exhausting to me. You know, then Pat Forty, we've had his son Michael on the show, covers Missouri, great guy, not shooting at Pat for this, but either Pat has a hard-on for Will Wade or something else is going on. But the the notice of allegations that he continues to report, this shit has to be like shit or get off the pot. Shit or get off the pot. Excuse my language on this, but when you have a football investigation and a basketball investigation, guys, I'm going to be honest, I am worried that there is a chance that LSU could get popped with a lack of institutional control. That is on the table. That is on the table. So the team that you – so there's what? 307 of you in here right now. To all of you, if you're wondering what my take is, yes, I'm worried because the NCAA has shown that they're Rudy Poos. Who is this Rudy Poo? It's the NCAA knocking at your door. Knock, knock, knock. Who is it? NCAA. Oh, I mean, the Rudy Poo gang. So if you're going to ask me if I'm worried about it, you're damn right. But at the same on the same token, either send the notice of allegations or close the damn case. Guys, a couple of about a month ago, you all remember the Art Browse situation at Baylor. They just closed on the case with Art Browse and Baylor a month ago. A month ago. I mean, this happened in, what, 2017? Guys, it's about to be 2022. Do you know what I've you, – do you know what's happened to me since 2017 to 2022? I have lost 75 pounds, gained it back, and lost it again, and gained it back. I fluctuate. Get off me. Thin crust Domino's pizza. This is not a promotion for Domino's pizza. But thin crust Domino's pizza kills my back, kills my ass. Somebody puts a thin crust in front of me, I'm going to demolish it. <laughs> Look, I'm just, it just is what it is. You give me the meat lover's thin crust, daddy's going to work. <laughs> but as Colin says here, a lot of LSU fans getting back to this gym. But, but to finish on Will Wade, no. Like, I'm done with it. With NIL coming in, with with players getting paid millions of dollars to to have name, image, and likeness deals, and you want to hit him for – got. let me end this, and we're going to get John Hendricks from Sports Illustrated in here. Really looking forward to John. But (laughs) there are things that need to be said that will be one day said but can't be said right now. 
You know, the, the NCAA has shown that they're so chaotic in what they do. I don't know what – I'm fearful for what's going to happen. You can run out there and say all you want, nothing's going to happen to LSU. You don't know what those guys are going to do. And to the news about Jimbo Fisher, this is why LSU is so chaotic, and it's why all of you come in here, because it's always chaotic. To the Jimbo Fisher news, Bruce Feldman, I, I love it. I like Bruce Feldman. Great, fantastic reporter. Don't think anything wrong of Bruce Feldman. Again, like I told you two and a half weeks ago on this show when everybody was telling me I was wrong, now the Jimbo Fisher news is coming. He's going to be on that list, and we're going to have to stay tuned. All right, let's do this. John Hendricks from Sports Illustrated is our guest. Let's get to a very quick break, and then we'll bring him in here. None better than our good friends over the Drake Williams Law Firm. Guys, if, you heard, if you're affected by Hurricane Ida, give them a call today and let them know Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. Guys, are you having issues with your insurance company due to Hurricane Ida? Drake Williams Law Firm at the DrakeWilliamsLawFirm.com. 985-386-7600. That's 985-386-7600. Tell them your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. And our good friend John Patton over at GMFS Mortgage. You're buying a new home, saving money on the mortgage that you have now, even doing that cash-out refi. The timing has never been better. 225-614-1234. That's 225-614-1234. Tell them your buddy Blake sent you on by. All right, we got our good buddy John Hendricks in the house. John, what is happening, my man? Not too much, man. Hey, you were talking about that thin crust dominoes. That's like one of my weaknesses in life. I will take down the entire thing and not think anything of it. So, Dude, I mean, <laughs> it, 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 it's amazing how pizza can be. And then, and then God, you know you might got to get you a cold soda. You know, you got to get you a cold soda. And you can't just eat half the pizza, right, John? Like, nah. you got to go in there and demolish all of that. The large, Gone. you know. What is your favorite from Domino's? What do you get the meat lovers? You just a pepperoni guy? What what is your flavor of choice? Well, I gotta say, at the sake of forgetting flame, first of all, I like meat lovers, but I also <laughs> like a good pineapple and ham. Pineapple and ham is what I was trying to say. Because people are like, pineapple on pizza? What are you talking about? No, I love pineapple on pizza, sorry. I like pineapple pizza. I like pineapple and a crawfish boil. Sorry, that's just how it is. I do like craw. I do like pineapple and the crawfish bowl. I had a buddy that did it, dude. It's actually really damn good. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I look. I've done some crazy craw- uh, gumbo or not gumbos, but I've done some crazy crawfish bowls, and the pineapple's always a hit, man. And if you like, Ugh, try it before. You I know. Not. I know. I I I want to love her too. But you know that you cover New Orleans when you got to say. You know, hey, I, I'm gonna get flamed. I love the meat lovers pizza. You know, but that's how you know you cover a team in New Orleans, right? But we we definitely appreciate you coming on. And look, everybody wants to know, John. And, and look, I, I've been waiting for you to come on so that we could talk about this. I, look, I was at the game. You were at the game. First off, you almost prophesized. Me and Mike Bazile are sitting there at the game. You were like, hey, Jameis Winston's out for the rest of the game, and he's not even out of the tent yet. I'm I'm like, dude, John Hendricks is on his stuff. But another guy that was standing next to that tent was Michael Thomas. Man, what is going on with with NT? I mean, a lot of fans want him out, but it, it just seems like that a lot of commotion's going on. I give you the floor, my friend. Tell everybody what's going on with Mike T in your eyes. Yeah, so first of all, this stems from the surgery that he had, right? That was the problem that he's having to set back and complications from the surgery that he just had to correct everything back in June. So the good news is I know a lot of people are talking about, hey, trade Michael Thomas, get rid of him. He doesn't belong. He's locker room cancer, all this stuff. I think the biggest takeaway is when you hear Sean Payton talk about him, he was just talking to us the other day on on the conference call and just saying, hey, he's working his tail off. He didn't throw Mike under the bus. He's been around. He's been trying to rehab this whole entire thing. But now it's kind of like throwing Dr. Robert Anderson under the bus, right? In so many mm-hmm. words that, hey, this surgery went bad. This guy is not going to be able to be on the field. It's a huge loss. And look, even when all that stuff happened before with the whole offseason, not getting the surgery, all this other crazy stuff, I never believed that they were going to trade Thomas because he was hurt. You couldn't trade a hurt player, right? Mm-hmm. And then B, that contract, right? And so this offseason, I know they want Mike Thomas around, but at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me if they start quietly shopping during the offseason. But again, 
a guy who hasn't played in almost two years, what kind of value are you going to get? You're not going to get first round two first round picks or try to get Russell Wilson for this guy. I mean, it's just not going to happen. You know, you bring up an interesting point about the medical care that Mike Thomas had received. Now, I'm not going to get on a doctor and look. I've had two ACL replacements, one both being football related. Uh, but look, the Saints have had issues in the past with injuries. And I think a lot of fans didn't hear that because of the social media antics that Michael Thomas had. But then Sean Payton coming out today, which, by the way, if you can get Sean Payton to unblock me on Twitter, that'd be fantastic. Anyway, but if... What'd you say? What'd you do? <laughs> we'll, we'll stand by. We'll get to that. We'll, right, we'll, cool. we'll get to that. <laughs> um, but I, it just seems as if that there's just a lot of commotion around it, and I hope that they can work it out. But a lot of people are talking about – and look, the biggest thing for me, John, has been for the la- all season, and I know it's been for you too, is outside weapons. Now, OBJ's having some issues in Cleveland. you got a lot some guys out there that have been some big pieces before. Is there any chance that the Saints – I know they were trying to do some things at the trading deadline, but is there anything that they can do to maybe get another outside weapon? I mean, right now, the biggest thing I tell you that – that's out there. I will just say this. There's nobody sitting on the street. That's going to be able to come out here and, and be able to come in and do everything right. Deshaun Jackson is very interesting. He didn't go and get claimed through the waiver process. He'd be somebody I might look at making a call to just to see what's what. Um, but you know, again, you talk to Sean Payton, he likes the wide receiver room. He likes what he has. And uh, you know, I think with Trevor Simeon, so here's a couple things that thought schools of thought getting Taysom Hill is going to be huge mm-hmm. getting him back on the field getting trade for Mark Ingram is also going to be huge because that also helps the short game, he'll go line, all these different things. When they get guys like Nick Vanette back in the lineup, I think that also helps. The biggest thing for this wide receiving core is they cannot take any more injuries. You can't have Deontay Harris pop up with a hamstring. You can't have Traquan Smith anytime. And lo and behold, you can't have Marquez Calloway. So if I'm going to bet against the, the health of the Saints wide receiving core, that's a pretty hard hard bet to take, right? But at the same time, you got to monitor what's going to happen with OBJ. And look, uh, <laughs> fans have been talking a lot about this wide receiver core just not being it. I thought last year you make strides with Emmanuel Sanders, but you don't have Michael Thomas. But this has been a problem that you can trace back to, let's see, I think the Vikings playoff game against that Minneapolis miracle. Right. Receivers just not getting separation. Just an issue. And I think it's not just a small thing that's been here. It's something that's been – years in the making just kind of like when they didn't have as much attention to defense and drafting poorly and all these other things so i don't think superman's sitting on the sidelines or sitting at home waiting to come in but at the same time you're going to vet guys like deshaun jackson if he becomes available you have to so and, and look tyler brings up a good question i know that we talked about odell and look i know that odell's had his off the field issues look i've even asked a question john on twitter it's like hey is his dad's the one doing this or is it odell because you never you know it's like the lavar ball type of situation <laughs> is the player doing it or is the son doing it but john uh tyler asked a question he says hashtag ask john what's the deal with odell do you think there's any chance he gets cut and the saints pick him up well here's the thing so everything sounds like from every everything if you read through the lines and all that He's wanting to be there. He's wanting to play and stuff, but obviously it's reached a, a, por- a portion of the team right now where it's like, man, I don't know what's going on, and he could get cut. Now, here's the thing. They changed the, the rules, so if he gets cut, yeah, he is a vested veteran, but he still has to go through the waiver, waiver process. Yep. So that means everybody else is open to taking him potentially, but they're going to also have to take on some of that contract. So the best bet, if I'm the Saints, and if that does happen – a, he's got to pass through waivers, and then B, you got to make a quick call and get him in the building. And I don't think it's about money at this time. He just wants to play. He wants to be on a team where he feels appreciated and can do some things. But you know, it's uh, it's not out of the realms of, of possibilities. But at the same time, it does seem like a launching shot. And even if you do get a guy like that in here, um, you know, you can't really rely on him over the next couple of weeks. I mean, he's going to be ha- having to get acclimated to the offense. I mean, so you probably won't see him for three or four weeks if that all comes to fruition. I, I, I've, I had I had a dream last night, John, that Odell Beckham got cut, and somehow, <laughs> some way, he ended up on Tampa Bay's roster. Just, yeah, yeah I mean, it's like it's, – it's, That's a nightmare it, then. That's not a dream. That's a nightmare. Well, it was a nightmare. That's true. But it just feels like something they would find a way to do. Uh, John Hendricks from Sports Bill Illustrated is, is joining us. We'll let you guys know everywhere you can catch all of his great stuff. It's absolutely fantastic. A man of faith. And we'll let you know about where you can get his podcast as well. All right. I have been pretty critical, John, of Sean Payton 
um, in the sense of not really on the field. I think that if he continues to do what he's doing, it quite honestly, I don't know how you don't make him the coach of the year by what he's doing. Um, I've been critical because I, I didn't even tweet at him, by the way. This is where I got blocked. I said, damn, questionable call by Sean putting in Taysom there when Taysom fumbled. And I got blocked, so we'll see. But taking all of my bias out of it and being angry from being blocked on Twitter, John, is he not a, the, the league candidate for coach of the year if they continue to win with guys like Trevor Simeon and Kevin White out there catching passes? I mean, isn't it time, in your opinion, that he wins the coach of the year? Yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with record. And look, you know, winning with Trevor Simeon is one thing. He's won with Taysom Hill. He won with Teddy Bridgewater. He's won with Jameis Winston. And even before that, there was a game that Brees was hurt and Josh McCown comes, or excuse me, Luke McCown comes into the game. Carolina, right? Panthers. I right, mean, that, right. that's I, that's why I feel a lot better about with Trevor Simeon playing. Again, I know he has this stigma that he played other places. He just didn't do well. He's just not that good, all this stuff. But you got to remember, he also came from the Titans practice squad last year for, from the Saints when Drew got down, hurt. So it's not like he's just been around for training camp or he's just been around for a little bit. I mean, he's been with the team for quite a while now. And so I feel I was a little bit shocked that they really took the training wheels and just said, hey, go throw it. And I think Tampa actually dared him, said, hey, you're going to beat us through the air. You're not right. going to stack the box. And he was he was dealing. You know, he, the only questionable pass I think he had was the one – that ended up getting picked at the end zone with Antoine Winfield Jr., but that was a penalty, so it didn't hurt you, but that's the only types of concerns I have is the decision-making that he's going to make there. I like the aggressive approaches with the guys like Kevin White, you know, and <laughs> hooking up with Deontay Harris. Garrett Griffin gets three catches. I mean, this guy moves the chains. It's just the Saints have so many weapons, and it goes back to your original question about Sean Payton. He's done so many things over these last several years, and for whatever reason, he just keeps getting, you know, slided, looked over, and all this stuff. He puts it together this season. I mean, you're just coming off a big win, and you got a lot of ones. I think he's got to do a couple things. He's got to win the next few games, and he's got to beat Buffalo and Dallas. If he right. does that, then I think he's a shoe win. Mm-hmm. I don't care what happens over the next few games. If he beats Buffalo and Dallas, yeah, he's got to be that coach of the year. Always feels like always feels like he finds a way to beat Dallas somehow, some way. You know, especially you know here lately, it always look. It's going to be a twelve ten game. They're not going to score a touchdown. I mean, it's just like it's a you know it's always is. But we play the Falcons this week. Uh, not really a lot to break down. I mean, I, look, I think the Saints going there are able to get a win. We'll, we'll see. But two more, John, and we'll we'll get you out of here. And I, I greatly appreciate you joining us. <laughs> this defense is something else. Uh, led by Demario Davis, you got guys like uh, uh, CJ Garner Johnson, but I got to be honest, it, it, them up front, it's it, it's absolutely amazing. I think what what you've what they have assembled up front. You got guys like Cam Jordan that everybody knows about, but Marcus Davenport, John is making a real push. The stats aren't there, but the game tape is. Do you think that that's just what – I mean, I know that they're going to have to lean on the defense, but that front seven, do you think it might be the best in the NFL right now currently? Uh, I tell you, the last two games have put some things in perspective. They only had eight sacks for the first several games of the season. Last two, they had eight, and I don't think it's by coincidence. You get Marcus Davenport back for the Seahawks game. You get – David Onyemata back. His presence was felt from the first snap. I no mean, doubt. I don't think it's a mystery. Now you got Matt, Matt Ryan coming to town. I mean, they've sacked him 36 times over the past four seasons. I mean, it's, it's, I had to double check and recheck that stat, but they've just had so much success against Matt Ryan and getting him down. I think it's only going to get better, but the only thing I tell you is the interior line without Onyemata, it's a little bit questionable. Why mm-hmm. these guys aren't household names? You got Shy Tuttle, everybody knows him from the Matt Ryan play, <laughs> or Malcolm Roach, who yeah. hasn't really been playing, but you have Albert Huggins and Montrevious Adams. These are guys that, you know, aren't big household names. Isn't that, I think, this entire defense? This is not a sexy name defense. They don't have all the big names like the Rams do with Aaron Donald and now Von Miller and Jalen Ramsey. It's Damari Davis. It's Marshawn Lattimore. You got the vet and Malcolm Jenkins, Marcus Williams. You got Paulson Adebo and Bradley Roby who are doing an exceptional job. And you've got Pete Warner, a rookie who's playing exceptionally well. And Brian right. Alexander. These are not guys that are household names. And I think the best thing to take away from the pass rush is Peyton Turner's been hurt, calf injury. He's been at practice. 
he's limited. We'll see if he plays this weekend, but they can only get better if they can get somebody like Peyton Turner in. And I will tell you, one of their underrated pickups that they've had this year that's really playing well is Tano Passignon. I mean, this guy tied his career sacks already with four from 2019. Every single week, he just makes some outstanding plays. And I'm telling you, we look a lot about the moves they make and the moves they don't make and the, the underrated free agents, man, he's been a, an excellent pickup for this defense. Absolutely has been. And, you know, the funniest thing I saw from the game last week was somebody tweeted out <laughs> that uh, the Saints had a clear advantage in the fullback game with Griffin getting all those catches. That just came to my mind. But, look, I, I think that you're right. You know, the shot tuttle thing, we always remember that stiff arm and – it's always good to beat the Falcons, you know, and so I, I really hope that they start really putting it together and are able, able to make a run with guys like Aaron Rodgers out, God forbid, and knows how long he'll be out. Maybe they can get some games uh, above. John, last one. For me, it's been – I think Dennis Allen's out after the end of the season. I think that he's out. I think he gets a head coaching job. And, and look, he's been fantastic. He's pretty much the unsung hero of this team, in my opinion, over the last two seasons. But a guy that LSU fans know a lot is Ryan Nielsen. And we just talked about the up, what they've done up front. Do you think when Dennis Allen leaves that he might be a shoe-in for that role uh, as being the next defensive coordinator for the Saints? I would say so. I mean, he's an assistant coach now, assistant head coach. So I, I think that's a natural thing. Chris Richard would have been my other vote. Right. Have. I mean, and they got so many good coaches. And, you know, I think here's the thing we got to remember about Dennis Allen. And I'm surprised he hasn't got a shot yet because – you know, you, it wasn't so long ago he was brought in as a senior defensive assistant with Rob Ryan on the staff. Right. Rob Ryan gets fired after that horrible game against Washington where everybody just kind of said, oh, well, we're just going <laughs> to give up, right? And right. so he started retooling the defense. They got pieces like Sheldon Rankin. It wasn't a sexy product, right, at first, but he was able to, through these past several years, they got – key free agents they got great draft picks and i don't think it's any mystery of what he's been able to do and look you know you wish him the best you definitely hope he goes out riding into the sunset if this is his last year i believe it is he should get some calls if you're sean payton he's absolutely floored that he hasn't got a call yet but mm-hmm. you see dan campbell got more opportunities aaron glenn and you know joe lombardi all these other coaches right and so i mean i would say he's gone and if I'm if I'm the Saints, it's easy bring in Ryan Nielsen, let him do the defense. I mean, he's been a huge part of what they've done to fix the sack problems that they've had. You know, being now from bottom of the league where they're only getting thirty, you know, sometimes thirty, thirty-five sacks a season, averaging forty-five to fifty. And so I think right. it's not a coincidence that Nielsen's been able to do that. Maybe Sean Payton was on to something telling Ryan Nielsen not to go to LSU, but I still think it's Rudy Poop because <laughs> my Tigers are losing. So I'm just gonna throw that out there. John, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard. I'm an LSU fan, so if I didn't <laughs> say that. So, uh, you know, last year was tough. This year is hard. But, you know, look, we got the, the perfect season with Joe Burrow. I'll never forget that one. Well, let, let me – I lied. Let me ask you one more. Look, big game this weekend against Alabama. A lot of 28-and-a-half point dog. Do you think the LSU tries to find a way to keep this game a little bit closer? I mean, do you think that they're – I mean – Look, man, at some point these guys are going to step up and they're going to have to step up. Or do you think that it's just going to be another uh, another beatdown? I mean, for whatever reason, I think it's Coach O and, you know, his time's coming to an end. But what a better way to, to at least make a statement right off a little bit into right. the sunset and try to at least play toe-to-toe with Bam. I mean, nobody's going to say LSU's going to beat him, right? But at the same time, I think they'll give him a game. I don't buy 28 points. I think they're going to be, you know, a little bit more prepared than that and – Maybe it's 10, maybe it's 14 or something. But, you know, I, I give them a little bit of the doubt that they'll be able to show up a little bit more against Alabama. But, hey, if they win, look, <laughs> might as well just pop the champagne. And that's our, that's the uh, national championship <laughs> right there. <laughs> they don't call you the prophet for nothing, my friend. At least that's what they were saying, uh, calling you on Twitter. That's all I'm going to say. They call you the saint. They call you the prophet. So, look. <laughs> well, I'll say that. I'll say that. Hold on. I know your time and stuff and, and all that. You're good. The Everybody's got to understand. I'm at there live at the dome. There is a TV delay, so I am like 30 seconds ahead of your stream, and I'm always ahead of your broadcast. That's what happens. I, it's not a secret, but you know, if you are a betting person, you can win some money if you do follow me on that too. Say, hey, I bet this is going to happen on this plate. John, I, excuse my language. I'm going to call bullshit because Jameis Winston didn't come out that damn tent. I was, I had my eyes on it, and you were tweeting. Breaking Jameson coming back, and everybody's like, Who's John Hendricks? And Mike Bazile sitting next to him, he's like, 
I go to church with him. You know, like he's all excited. It's so fantastic. But look, you do a fantastic job, my friend. And there's a lot that you're doing right now. I know that you're on the Believe Podcast Network. But tell everybody what it is that you're doing, the podcast, where they can follow you on Twitter and everything. And I greatly appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me for sure. So I'm glad we got linked up and all that. And Absolutely. We're able to make this happen. So definitely uh, for starters, Saints fans, saints.media. That's the best way you can follow us on SI's coverage for Saints News Network. And uh, follow me on Twitter. It's at John J. Hendricks. It's Hendricks just like Jimmy. And for those who don't get the reference, I feel sorry for you. Because <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm older than what I look. And I get asked, like, I don't know how many times going through high school and college. Hey, are you related to Jimmy? And I'm like, no, I'm not. But doing good work there. I work in uh, believe in saints. It's a podcast on the believe podcast network. Obviously you know about them and I'm doing the show with Terrence copper, former 10 year old NFL wide receiver. He's been great. Uh, just dropped an episode today. And then I kind of started my own venture. It's called faith beyond the field. And so with that, I just had interviewed John Kitna. I had Chris Reese on saints fans know him and I had Demario Davis on the week before. So Definitely one of those things I'd highly encourage you to talk about uh, and look into and, you know, get some discussion going. It's some great stuff that we're trying to get done and, you know, football's life. And so I enjoy doing it. And thankfully, I have a great wife and two amazing kids who support my journey. I'm right there with you on the last one. Family's everything and they got to be supportive. And it's always awesome. John, we're going to bring you back on, my friend. It was good having you. We'll talk again soon. Have a good night, my friend. All right, man. Thanks. You too. That's no no problem. You too, man. That's John Hendricks from Sports Illustrated. Dude, fantastic. Fantastic, man. Fantastic. Um, we're gonna bring him on more. That's that he he's just amazing. Just amazing. Uh Josh Forbes says LSU twenty four, Alabama twenty one. Guys, I, I'm not making that bet. There's no way. Uh Josh Forbes says Dennis Allen to LSU. No, it's not happening. It's not happening. And, look, I'm getting a lot of people hitting me up on Twitter about this whole Jimbo thing, guys. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I I, I don't – I legitimately don't know what to tell you. Um, I know that you don't you don't want to hear it, but it just – it is what it is, man. It is what it is. He's going to be in this running. He's going to be in this running as, until they name their next head coach. But better days are coming. I, I will say this. Jimbo Fisher is a much better coach – than really Ed Orgeron. It's better. He's a more proven coach. And, well, I'm not going to, you know, I was going to wait and say less. But, look, LSU is a better place than A&M. And I will tell you, there are people in Aggieland that are simply, um, they are getting nervous. They are getting nervous. Um, I don't think the LSU goes there. I'm going to have to be proven wrong. But it's not my decision. It's just not my decision. So we'll see. We will see. Uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people are talking about this Will Wade thing too. And, and look, I I don't know what happened with Will Wade inside that meeting. I don't know that. I'm not. I, I've not asked or been privileged to their conversation yet. I will say that you know I, I, I'm kind of done with it. I'm kind of over it. And, and, and look, we're just gonna we're one one of these days. You know, we're gonna sit back and say either it was all worth it or. Man, maybe Joe Oliva was right. I, I I don't know, but I mean the, you know, I had a somebody tell me today. Somebody told me today that, um, eh, you know that you know everybody calls Will Wade the American gangster, but guys, gangsters always get put in prison or that you know, or something else worse happens to them. And I just hope that it doesn't happen to LSU. Uh, Molly O says, no doubt about him being better than Orgeron talking about Jimbo Fisher. And look, LSU is a place that Jimbo's always fantasized about. There's been interviews where he's talked about fantasizing about being the head coach at LSU. He's got a relationship with the athletic director, a strong relationship with the athletic director. So, I mean, at what point do we sit here and say that it's out of the realm of possibility? Guys, I've, I've told you this. Over and over and over and over again, there are times where people in the local media push an agenda that's not that's not just the truth. I, I I'm telling you. I, I you know two and a half weeks ago, three weeks ago, everybody's like Blake. Everybody's saying Jimbo's out, and I told you bullshit, and got a lot of pushback for that. A lot of pushback for that. You know what? It'd be funny if LSU did hire Jimbo though in the last game. 
but he's got his he's got his team playing well. They had their you know LSU had their quarterback went down last year and they couldn't rally back from it. Jimbo has his starting quarterback go down this year. They finally rallied. They beat Alabama, the first assistant to beat Nick Saban. Again, I'm not saying it's Jimbo. I'm just giving you the hypotheticals here. I still think that he's a better coach than Orgeron. We're seeing that right now. So, we will see. We will see. Uh, Fire in your questions, hashtag Ask Blake. I think we're going to wait on the picks again, man, because, I, I mean, we're almost out of time here. And I, I want to. I, I like just putting my bets in there where I can lay them down. Uh, Shane on Facebook says Jimbo is a proven winner and has some strong results everywhere he has been. Who the hell wouldn't want him? Fans certainly don't want him. I think that you know the the downside with Jimbo is that his offense has, to some extent, been a little bit outdated. Um, but look, man, if we'll see. I mean, it. it uh, he has he has done very well in recruiting, and which was a knock at him on on him at Florida State. He's done some good things in recruiting, and I, I I do wonder what happens if he gets to LSU, where he's not having to fight all of all of Texas to get guys in there. Um, but we'll see. Jason says it's easy at LSU. Dabo Sweeney. Yeah, I don't think that that's going to happen. I could be wrong there, but I just don't know if I, I just don't think that that's going to happen. We'll see. Brandon Reese says Sooner fans don't like don't think Lincoln Riley or don't think Riley won't leave for LSU. I don't agree with him. Uh, how do I want to phrase this? Uh, they are wrong. Let, Please understand what I'm trying to tell you without telling you. They are wrong. Uh, Blaine Smith says, I don't know about that. Auburn always plays up to Alabama. I don't know what that means. Danielle says, not sure why Woodward has an obsession with Jimbo. There are better names out there. I think I don't know if it's an obsession or if it's uh, re- relatability and comfortability, right? Like, is comfortability a word? I don't even know. I, I don't even know if that's a word, but I think – Daniel, I, I think it comes down to he knows what he gets in Jimbo. He knows that he doesn't have to worry about the program. And Scott Wilbur doesn't like bullshit. He doesn't like the outside noise like Ed Orsrein gives you, like Will Wade gives you. He doesn't like that. If it is outside noise, you better be like Kim Mulkey and kicking everybody's ass. You know, like that. that is what uh, Scott Wilbur wants. And, look, I, I, I don't know if he's going to hire Jimbo. I don't. It feels to me it, – familiarity. Thank you. Rick says familiarity. Uh, but I do think that he's comfortable with it too. I think he's more comfortable with Jimbo than anybody that he's going to hire because he knows Jimbo better than anybody. Um, but, again, I, I still think that he's gonna he's doing his due diligence, and I don't know if Jimbo Fisher's not a backup plan. Guys, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you this, but Jimbo Fisher's not hell, is a hell of a backup plan. Now, Jimbo going out there and saying what he said – I got ranches here, and I I, I, I I got my foundation here. Ranches and foundation don't mean shit because he can come to LSU and win football games. Now he's an older coach. Does he want to make that another move? That, I mean, it's not it's not just it, – it, it, there's a lot that goes into this. You know, and listen, I, I'm trying to tell fans this. Stop with the P.J. Flex. You know, somebody sent me a report today about – uh, LSU, one of LSU's candidates, P.J. Fleck, is out. Guys, P.J. Fleck was never in the running. <laughs> Minnesota's head coach, P.J. Fleck, was never in the running. So stop with that. It's way too much this unreal bullshit going on out there right now. Brandon Reese says, hashtag ask Blake, do you think LSU would have to offer Riley a similar combat, uh, contract to Jimbo Fisher, got it at A&M? Um, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I don't know how much money they would give him guaranteed. I think that Jimbo, from the initial onslaught, is going to get more than the relativity relativity that what Jimbo got at Texas A&M. I, I think mainly due to the fact that Jimbo has won a national title and Lincoln hasn't done that yet. But I do think that there's going to be a lot of similarities if he were to do that. Guys, there's a big difference in telling a coach that you're going to pay him 20, uh, $12 million a year and that you're going to pay him $100 million guaranteed. 
Guys, $100 million guaranteed for any coach is generational wealth. And more than generational wealth, it's generational, generational wealth. That's $100 million guaranteed. Shit. Like, God dang. That's a lot of money. And look, this is all going to be relative because hypothetically you pay a coach $12.5 million and a couple of seasons, especially with his TV contracts with ESPN, playoffs expanding, it's going to expand when it comes to a money route. Coaches are going to be paying more. I mean, it won't be long and you'll, be, you'll have your first $15 million a year head coach in college football. And look, people that are out there that saying cat this shit with coaches, shut up. Shut up. Because what you're not going to do is cap an NIL deal for a player. You're not going to cap them. You shouldn't cap coaches. So stop with that. If LSU, none of you in here are, I don't think, I don't know, I shouldn't say none of you, but majority of of you in here aren't giving million dollar millions of dollars to LSU to pay for their next head coach. You're not doing it. It's not your money. Doesn't come from the state. Doesn't come from TAF. Comes from these big ass boosters with big ass checks and big ass wallets. The truth is, and they don't say much. All right, a couple more. And we're getting out of here. Josh says Jimbo ain't living. He might not. He might not. But I think it's just a perception of he he's going to listen and he's going to listen to everything that Scott Wilbur's got to say. He's going to listen to everything that Jimbo Fisher's got to say. I want to say this because I keep getting text messages through this show. There are more and more recruits and more and more players that are coming out right now, okay, with cryptic tweets, And I think that they're trying to tell you what I think a couple of really well-sourced people are telling you. Just understand, Scott Woodward, excuse my language, he, Scott Woodward is a, you know, I hate to kind of, I'm getting tired of the the term big game hunter. He's going after the, he's going after the man. Just know that. All right, last one. Danielle says, comfortability equals too safe. I get not wanting to risk. But you have to risk to some degree to get ahead. Uh, you can you can have a clean hire that isn't boring and outdated. That's true. That's true. I agree with her statement. I agree with that statement. But I am just going to tell you that he's going for he, he's going for the big game, and I don't think that Jimbo Fisher is going to be that big game. All right, guys, we will see y'all again Saturday night for the post game show. Um, We'll see how this game goes. I, we haven't really talked a lot of LSU-Alabama on the field, but you know why. There's not a lot to talk about it. Maybe they will sh- they will shock us. But until then, guys, y'all have a good night, and peace out, Girl Scouts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.